I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Todd Smith. He's the chief marketing officer at Traeger. They're the creator and category leader of wood pellet grills. Traeger pellet grills use 100% all natural hardwood fuel to infuse food with flavorful smoke, making food taste delicious and memorable. They also produce a lot of other accessories to the cooking experience, whether it's rubs, sauces, or accessories for your grill. We talk about that and much more today with Todd, and they have a growing community. They call it the Traegerhood, and we talk about how community is being fostered by marketing and much more. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Todd Smith. Todd, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this uh, conversation. One, because I mean, who doesn't like talk about grilling food and grills in general? But so we'll get into that. But before we get into the business side of this, it's not every day that someone I know or comes on this show has a brush with both LeBron James and Kanye West. And I have to know, what was that like? You got to tell us the story. Yeah, it's, um, I've been in some really interesting situations that my jobs have, have taken me to. And this one was back in 2010. LeBron had the, the famous 
the decision uh, where it was an hour-long broadcast of LeBron letting the world know where he was uh, going to be playing his, taking his talents to the, in the following years. And so at the time I was working on the Vitamin Water brand, LeBron James was a partner and we were part of the whole production of this hour-long content that was that was aired on ESPN live. And, you know, we had integration in the show. And so I'm sitting there nervous, making sure everything looks all right. And also just nobody knew where he was going. And all of a sudden, Kanye West walks in and he is kind of curious, you know, he's, he's with LeBron. And I'm thinking right away, wow, you know, Kanye's from Chicago. This might be the Bulls, which is where I'm from originally. So I was starting to get excited. But then, of course, LeBron uh, says, you know, I'm going to be taking my talents to South Beach and join the Miami Heat. And But, you know, so my, my brush with them, you know, maybe within five feet of each other. But it was uh, it was one of those surreal moments that, you know, I'll never forget. Yeah, no, it's uh, I always love those brushes with uh, celebrities. Um, my wife, I, I used to go to this conference every year where they have a couple folks usually throughout the couple of days and and I would I'm not one of those that would go get a selfie with everyone you know but like the occasional ones I would and so Nelly was there and that's the one I I was like I have to get a selfie with Nelly I mean come on and so she chides me about it all the time now but (laughs) that's amazing though I mean LeBron and Kanye in the same room feet apart from each other and and what a crazy moment in time right just in sports history of him making that decision to go to go to Miami. It's crazy. Well, um, from your brush with fame <laughs> to <laughs> now, back to reality, back to reality, back to you know, the chief marketing officer at Traeger. Tell us a little bit more about your path. Obviously, you were at Vitamin Water for a little bit of time, but tell us tell us a little bit more. Yeah, you know, I, I started management consulting. And then I, I worked at a dot-com back during that, uh, the heyday of when people were trying to figure out what's going on with the internet. And um, I, was, I was working at a company that was doing online direct marketing with a lot of different brands. Amazon was one of our clients at the time. They just sold books. So a lot has changed since then. But also working, you know, Unilever, Kraft, P&G. And I was on the kind of client services side managing these different campaigns for, for brands. And my clients were brand managers. And I did deep respect for them, love what, like, as I learned about their job and, and their path. And a lot of them had, had been through business school and it's always been some, one of my goals. So I did that and ended up going on to Coke and worked for about 10 years there where I worked in the, on the Powerade business, which was a, was a connection to me because I was a, I was a college athlete. I had a connection with it. Um, really had a, had a, great time there leading brand relaunch. We had some some great years of growth and, and a real competitive category. So it was fun being the fighter brand. And then I moved over um, to the vitamin water business. Uh, Coke had paid $4.2 billion for Glasso, so makers of smart water and vitamin water, and had an opportunity to, to move up to New York. I was this Midwestern kid that worked in the Southeast that landed in Queens and didn't, and, and had a, had a, kind of a, a wild awakening in a lot of ways. And I just learned a ton. I was able to work alongside the founders who were just amazing uh, brand builders. These are folks that lived the brand, had amazing hustle. In New York City, as just many people know, but it's it's a it's a proving ground for for beverages and snacks. And you've really got to make sure that you've got a brand that will fly off the shelf and bodegas and other places that um, you know people are choosing one bottle at a time. And you know, I just I learned a ton. Um, it was it was uh, a big period of growth for me. But then I I left and and became CMO at a company called Exos. 
this is a company that created the human performance category, mainly known for training elite athletes, uh, which is usually about half of the NFL draft train at, at Exos. Um, elite military and about a quarter of the Fortune 500, and it was it was a great experience because I joined and it was really during a growth phase for the company. They didn't have a marketing department. Was able to build out a team, build out a brand. In fact, we we rebranded the company from Athletes Performance to Exos. And it was a 13 year old company, and we were working with a founder by the name of Mark Verstegen, who's just a an amazing human being. But when I took a step back later, I, I felt like, gosh. We we just like renamed his 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 baby right um, this thirteen year old so it's like we renamed his his teenager which is a really unique experience not a lot of founder led companies go through that and it's really just this this kind of says a lot about the person that he was um, so then I was at Exos for about seven years and then over the past three years have been here at Traeger and it's been an amazing ride yeah you've crossed industries now that I think about it beverage services professional services early on and. And now I guess it's like a mix of consumer products to some degree, quote unquote, and like big, like durable products. Did you think about that as you're transitioning from you know one to the other? I mean, marketing usually translates for the most part, but like, just curious. Yeah, you know, it's a, I've had that question asked a few times before, and I think as long as you know, marketer at heart understands their consumer and understands really how to how to build a brand with them, whether it's a physical good, a service, B two B marketing, B two C marketing. You know, it to me, it kind of all goes out in the wash and. It, and it's about who are you trying to reach? How do you build a connection? And if anything, working in these different types of categories and different types of end consumer, hopefully that's made me a little bit better at what I do. Let's talk about the role that you have. How is the role of CMO defined at Traeger? Yeah, the main, the main focus areas for us is really across brand marketing, digital marketing, digital product, um, culinary as well as consumer insights. Um, over my time here, I've also had customer customer experience. So customer service um, has been part of this, this job, working on different new business ventures. And I spend a ton of my time really partnering with our sales, product, and technology teams, among others. But that's really where I spend most of my time. Gotcha. And one of the things you were talking about, I think the last time we were talking to each other, is you guys have built a community, if you will, or where there is a community, maybe I should say, that you call the Traeger Hood. Tell me a little bit about that and like where did that come from? Yeah, it's it's unlike any community I've ever witnessed with with brands. And it's it's something where it's really the community owns our brand much more than we do. It's it's such an engaged community that we, we call them the Traeger Hood. And it's really everyone from you know your casual grillers to competition pit masters, professional chefs and the kings and queens of the cul-de-sac if you will. Um, they're, they're just passionate advocates and they really help continue really to grow um, to grow our brand. Some things that have happened over the past years that kind of brings it to life for me is that you know we, we just received our sixth wedding invitation of the year for Traeger to attend somebody's wedding. There's been a few birth announcements this year with people making naming their children Traeger or getting tattoos on their bodies. And I just think when you take a step back and think of like a hard good, a home appliance, if you will, that people are tattooing on their body, naming their children and inviting to weddings. Like I, I it's hard to come up with other brands in those categories that are that are having those same experiences. And we just feel like 
you know, humbled and, and kind of honored to have this, this passionate consumer base that, you know, we're just constantly looking for, for ways to, to make their experience better with our brand. Yeah. I love how you talk about the kings and the queens of the cul-de-sac because <laughs> grilling is a, it's both a, a personal sport. If you, sport may be the wrong word, but it's, it's a personal event. It's, you know, an enjoyment factor of, you know, making a meal, but many, many, many times is at least a family event, if not a much bigger event. And uh, that makes a lot of sense that, you know, people would be passionate about it. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I don't think I've heard many brands talk about people, wedding invitations is a whole new thing. <laughs> I haven't heard that one at all, but names of children or tattoos. I mean, it makes me think of like Harley Davidson or something like, you know, that's the brand that comes to mind when I think about those types of things. Did you know that going in that you had this like passionate user base, if you will? You know, as I, as I was first coming into the brand, I realized that there are people that saying you know, saying things like this brand changed my life, which at face value, you kind of like, come on, give me a break. But when you really peel it back, it's this gives people an outlet, whatever they might be dealing with, um, whether it's discovering a passion, providing for others, connecting with friends and family. Um, it, it goes back to our, our mission is really about bringing people together to create a more flavorful world. And there's a little, it's not just about the food. It's about living a life full of flavor. and you know, I think you can see how that might connect in with people that might be in different stages of their lives, whether it's just getting into to outdoor cooking or somebody who's really passionate about it and wants to perfect that, you know, that make that perfect brisket, if you will. So it's a really unique community and, and we feel really just honored to be part of our brand. That's awesome. So like how is, as you think about the community, like how, what's marketing's role in either fostering or fueling that community? How do you think about it? Yeah, it's, it's much more fostering. I mean, it's like we, as I was saying, like there we're more gardeners and, and, and trying to um, do things and introduce, introduce fun stuff to get people excited about our brand, want to cook more as word of mouth is huge for us. 80, you know, we found in, in some research that we've done that 80% of Traeger consumers refer five people to the brand. And this is a brand with only 3% household penetration. So there's such a long runway for growth. We try to look for creative ways that resonate with the community, dosing them with different, different ways to really engage. We've got a passionate brand and creative team that, that does a lot of fun stuff. Like as an example, we, we launched a limited edition uh, meat sweats this past winter where it was a really nice pair of meat sweats that had a, a nice holder for your tongs, kind of a wipe area that would get rid of the grease that might come on and, and 
cooking your meal and just kind of having fun and not taking ourselves too seriously. Even, you know, April Fools is something, you know, some brands have fun with it, some don't. We tend to try to have fun at least. And this past April, we announced a, a new limited edition bag of, of weed pellets. And there was a lot of different reactions, which was fun and got people talking. And even some customers called up and asked when they were going to be receiving that so they could sell it. So, you know, we just, we, we try to have fun. At the end of the day, we go back to our mission and what we're trying to do. And, and uh, you know, it's, 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 it's really, it's really, it's a, it's a good place. You know, we also rely on digital channels to foster a strong sense of the social media for us. You know, we're, we're we started really as a, as a digital social brand. Um, it's an easy way for our team to interact with consumers more on a one-to-one basis, but, but really get that scale. We've got a hyper-devoted following of fans and other community ambassadors that include pitmasters, celebrities, athletes, and even just home chefs who, who cook a lot and like to share content. And having that engagement is super important. And, you know, we also do that through their digital product and we have a, our Traeger app holds a, just a massive catalog of recipes and other content that empower people to cook new things at home and just trying to also adapt, right? During, during COVID, we, in, in the, prior to COVID, we actually had a lot of in-person cooking classes where they're really instrumental in, in teaching people to, to cook on a Traeger, inspiring them, super fans to, to come and, and experience the brand. It was, it was amazing. But in 2020, we really couldn't do that anymore. So we pivoted and started um, a series of Traeger Kitchen Lives where on a, on a weekly basis, we were in the homes of famous chefs and, and other people who are part of the community uh, bringing to life a, a live show where we had over 150,000 people tuning in on a weekly basis, which was kind of crazy when everyone was was in their homes. So, you know, it's 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 uh it's unique. The other the other thing that I'd say is that we have Traeger Day every May. It is a made up holiday, um, but it's just a way to celebrate and kind of get people to cook together and wherever they may be and share with their friends and family. So it's it's kind of a big pulse of the community that really kind of kicks off uh, the barbecue season, traditional barbecue season in a way that, that also just connects everyone across the community. That's awesome. You know, you think about people buying a grill, you know, it's a, a couple times in your lifetime purchase, you know, it, it's, it's not something you're doing a lot. And, but you guys have built one, it's got an avid community, but you've got like this experience that goes on forever, right? Like it, it's not just about the purchase, it's about the use. How are you, I think you've got a program or, or something you call Beyond the Grill. Tell me more about what you're doing there. Yeah, it's it's really about the, the customer journey and everything you think about from inspiration, education, kind of procurement of ingredients, how do you prep the meal, cooking, the entertaining, the sharing. We look at that journey and think about where our brand has a right to play to play there. And one of those areas is, is different consumables. So obviously you've got um, the pellets that, that fuel it and give it the great wood-fired flavor, but you also have sauces, rubs, and other things that, that people use to, to create amazing recipes that, that we play as well. We have a lot of innovation in this area as well. In the first half of this year, we launched you know new flavors of pellets, rubs, sauces. It's something that also launched it's in, in the grocery channel. It's traditionally been in our hardware channels and home improvement, but in working closely with the consumer, you know, understanding the chopping patterns, you know, consumers were looking at looking for our rubs and sauces in, in areas where they, they shop frequently. Um, and grocery was one of those. So that's expanded to over 2000 different doors of Kroger this year. So it's an interesting 
part of the business for us because it's, as you mentioned, it's beyond just the first, you know, the grill purchase. It's this ongoing. So it ties into what we do from a, from a digital product, digital marketing standpoint, um, ultimately inspiring our consumers to, to cook more often and experience uh, new things with their trigger. Yeah. You've worked at places like you Coke as one example, uh, and you've worked with other brand, you know, consumer brands that deliver in grocery. That's a big change in distribution going from like hardware or online digital channels to working with retailers. Curious, like, did you, did you have to build out that muscle, that capability? And like, how long did that take to to do, if you will? Yeah, we, we've got some, some talented folks that we were able to to bring onto the team that came from the consumer packaged goods world. I had a little bit of a muscle, but we brought in in others that were kind of a little bit more fresh off the CPG streets to kind of help help build that out. And they've done an amazing amazing job and a lot of excitement in the future coming there. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a slight different skill skill experience is the right word that I'm looking for but like knowing what's working in those channels you do kind of have to be up to date <laughs> so yeah no it's it's definitely it's definitely unique the good thing is that we've got some great partners on the customer side that are also kind of working with us because they see the opportunity as well and, and and consumers coming in looking for it well I hear you guys I mean beyond like expanding to retail you our grocery you've got fantastic collaborations like one I heard about recently with whistle pig whiskey telling me a little bit more about like what that looks like and how that come about yeah whistle pigs is a brand that we've always respected just for how they built their brand and spirits and barbecue go pretty well together. So it was a bit of a natural, natural opportunity. This summer in July, Whistlepig launched a smokestock whiskey that used our Traeger pellets to infuse smoke into the water that was used in the distilling process. They also use smoke barrels to age the whiskey. So if you haven't tried that, if you can find it, good luck. Cause it's, 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 uh, it's been getting a great response, but we're also kind of sometimes collaborations are just one way. Um, this, this one is, is also kind of, we're, are part of the partnership as well. We're launching a limited edition set of, of wood pellets that are made out of the whistle pig staves, as well as a, a new Traeger dry rub and, and sauce in partnership with whistle pig that uses flavors of maple and whiskey. Um, so there's really true kind of product uh, collaboration as well on both sides and really kind of bringing those core elements of what makes the products unique to life. So that's something that we're excited about. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, as I think about it, I'm a bourbon drinker and whistle pig is a premium, like super, I don't even know the category, but it's a super premium. I think if I'm using category specifically whiskey or bourbon and makes sense too, that, I mean, cause you guys are our premium grill. In my book, you are. I don't know if you see yourselves that way, but like, I think, and you've got a line that kind of goes up and down a little bit, but like a premium brand and whiskey working with a premium grill brand, that just seems like a, a match made in heaven to some degree. <laughs> yeah, no, they've, they've been a great partner and, you know, it's a way for both of us to reach like-minded consumers at, at, and share our brand also with, with their audience. Well, and I, I do like how you said it's a, it's a two-way partnership, not just, it's not like you just brought them into the mix to, to have access to them. They're using your technology and products as well. That's not something you hear in every good partnership. So that's great. Well, how are you th thinking about the grills themselves? We've been talking about everything except the grill. <laughs> how are you driving innovation within the grill themselves? Yeah, I, 
you know, Traeger has a strong uh, track record of, of product innovation. And, th- and that's one of the key, always been one of the key growth drivers. You know, this was a brand that created the original wood pellet grill in, in 1987. And it's something that, you know, we've got an amazing product team that's, that's driven a lot of innovation over the years. Earlier this year, we launched a new uh, Timberline grill. And this is kind of our top of the line, more halo product. Um, which is a which is really a, a game changer in, in terms of outdoor cooking. Really, I, I, I'm, I would say that nothing else in this space has all the different innovative features that are included with this grill. And the reception from consumers is, is, have really been great. It's it's uh, it's something that really you know we talked before about that consumer journey and our product team really looked at how do we look at that cooking experience and where are those moments where we have the opportunity to make wood pellet grilling even even better. And, and really, there are certain pain points um, that over the years, and, and consumers that cook with this type of, of with an outdoor, uh, with outdoor grills or, or pellet grills, know, and, and they did an amazing job of, of developing this cooking experience that addresses that. And that's, it's, it's some new technology that's come to life and stuff that will will roll out across future lines across all different price points. Well, and I mean, just, you know, some of the things that I've looked at uh, as it relates to your products, I mean, you've got like the Bluetooth meat probes, you've got like easy clean kegs, I guess, for grease and ash. There's a lot of little, and they're not little, but like to your point, like they solve a pain point, you know, like I don't, you know, I don't want to have a little disposable thing for grease and ash is really helpful, frankly. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's a, it's a great example. It's a, traditionally you have to vacuum out your wood pellet grill uh, regularly to get all the ash, but but this grease and ash keg captures it all, and you can kind of dump it out, and it's, it saves a saves a step, and it's it's you know improves that experience. Well, it, grilling, I mean, we could talk about this forever, I think, <laughs> and then you throw whiskey in the mix, and yeah, we could go on for days. <laughs> but uh, it, it's been it's been fun, like to learn a little bit about what you're doing at Traeger. You've been there three years driving a lot of innovation it feels like in all respects of the customer journey and staying close to them kudos on the work you guys are doing it's, it's pretty pretty phenomenal thank you very much we got it we got a great team and and um, we have a lot of fun along the way well one of the things we like to do on this show is get to know you a little bit better we know you've, you've hung out with the celebs uh, <laughs> from the from the top of the show but one of my favorite questions to ask is has there been an experience of your past? that defines and makes up who you are today? Yeah, mine, that's a really great question. Good question for any interview of somebody you're bringing into your company. But for me, I've had some great managers and one in particular who I worked for at Vitam Water. He talked about his his coaching tree, if you will. For if yeah, I'm I'm a sports fan and people talk about the wood John Wooden and his coaching tree. And you know, he talked about the people that he worked for and that worked for him. And I kind of try to take that even further, just thinking about, I really do judge my success based on the people that are, that I can impact in some way that are part of my tree. And I was impacted by this person a lot, um, in a lot of ways, one of the better managers that I've had. And to me, that's, that's really how I, I judge myself. And it was funny when he started talking about this, I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, there's, you know, looking looking now, there's people today that I, I stay close with that that I worked with, and whether it's for you know checking in on advice or just updates or just staying in touch. You know, one of them, you know, was he rose to be CMO at a company that was acquired uh, recently, and there's some others that uh, 
we're part of a CMO at, a, at an organization that just went public recently. And, you know, it's just, those are, those are the things that really matter to me. And I think about that a lot. And hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, when all this is, when you're, when you're done with your career, you think you're, you know, you're really left with the people that you worked with in those relationships. Yeah. It is. We talked about the customer journey earlier. It is also a journey of your career. It's, it's a marathon, right? And I like how you put that, the coaching tree and the, the people you're able to impact and support and along the way and that you're judged by their action, you know, like they're what they're able to achieve as well, which I, I think that's great. If you're starting this journey all over again, what advice would you give your younger self? It was a lesson I learned. It's kind of a common sense one, but it's, it's a lesson I learned when I was, I was doing my internship at Coke and I worked on a project that was working with the McDonald's team. Um, at Coke. And as I learned about this relationship, it goes back to when McDonald's was starting and, and Ray Kroc didn't have any money and basically formed a partnership with Coca-Cola over a handshake. And today there's not a, at least back when I was there, maybe there is today, but there, there wasn't a, a formal contract. It was all built on this handshake and this relationship. And that, that was protected. It was valued. And I guess the advice from that is like value those relationships. This is a, a small world we live in, small circles that you run in. People come back into your lives in different ways and take the time, not just on the professional side, but on the personal and, and value those relationships. Great advice. Is there a topic that you think marketers should be learning more about or maybe it's something you're trying to learn more about yourself these days? Yeah, there's a lot of, there's always an opportunity to learn. And, and I, try to do my best to, to stay up to speed by just being a consumer of these from and diving in, whether it's machine learning, personalization, you know, content creation. But I honestly, I've got, there's folks that I work with that are more experts than I am in there that I, I can learn a ton of with and, and I trust them. For me as a marketer, I come back to kind of why I got excited about this, this type of profession is that you've got to you got to really be close to your consumer and your customer. Get close to them, interact, observe. And sometimes I think we forget that. That's You can't get away from the consumer. There might be new buzzwords and technologies and other things, but at the end of the day, when you're building a brand, you've got to have that connection. And and really, you can't take your, your eye off that ball. Yeah. I mean, without them, we don't have anything, right? <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> we have to remember that. Like with all the tech in the world, if you don't have a customer, you don't have a business. Very wise advice. As you think about brands that are out in the world or companies or causes, are there any that you follow or you think other people should be taking notice of? Yeah, there, there's two. One, one's recent in the news. Just I think I think what Patagonia has done recently, kind of putting their money where their mouth is, you know, transferring ownership uh, to f of the company to fight climate change, that's delivering on a brand promise. It's kind of like you don't really need to say much else. And they've been on they've they've been very consistent with that message. But to me, this is a just a great proof point as a brand of of kind of the the actions kind of match the soundtrack that that, that the brand is saying. That's one. Um, the other one that I'm just more of a fan of as a consumer is, is, as well as is liquid death. Um, coming from the beverage industry for many years, I just, I love disruptive beverage brands or brands in general, but beverage brands specifically. And 
this is a category that is kind of littered with brands that have mountains and streams and other imagery and they just kind of flipped it on its head and it's and it's also you know when you take when you when you get beyond kind of the the shock value of things like it's a brand that's that's fighting plastic waste that of bottles ended up in landfills in the ocean they've done it in a really authentic disruptive way and i i think it's admirable yeah it is a brand that i did not hear about i I actually heard about on this show, there was another CMO uh, a little while ago that we had on and um, Ricky Engelberg, actually, I'm pretty sure I'm saying his last name right, from Vista, which is used to be Vista Print. Now Vista is like a holding company of different companies. Um, But he mentioned it as well. And I was like, what is that? And it is such a unique product, meaning like when I first saw it, I thought, a kid was drinking a beer. Like, you know, and I was like, what, wait, what is that? It's a little bit, you know, the dad came out like, what are you drinking? Uh, (laughs) And then I figure it's water and I'm like, what? This is crazy. So um, yeah, it's quite an interesting twist in that category for sure. And then Patagonia that you mentioned, I mean, that was like, it was definitely one of those mic drop moments. It's like, you know, it's like, what do you say after you've transferred owner to fight climate, you know, not much else to say. (laughs) Last question for you. What do you think is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today? Just, I think it's a combination. You you need to make sure you're staying up to speed with the different trends and because the the way to reach the consumer is constantly evolving. I think what I try to do is just focus on what are those unique competitive advantages or, or moats that set your brand apart? Taking time to understand your consumer what they love about your brand and, and lean into those qualities that drive loyalty and engagement. Um, for myself, I think one of the things that I've seen over the years is kind of the blurring lines between different functions and roles specific to marketing or the CMO. It's like, there's this blurring lines of like CMOs, CXOs, CDOs, and that ebbs and flows on the CMO role was supposed to be dead five years ago. But I think it comes down to is like, it's just an opportunity. It's just the more you're willing to learn, the better that you'll be positioned and add value to your brand, your company, Um, whether that's learning new technologies, putting yourself out there in a different space that you're not totally comfortable with. You just got to be consistently willing to learn and also being a consumer of these new technologies. And there's, I mean, there's that, that's something that I think you always got to challenge yourself to, to stay up to speed on. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with what you said. I was at a, a conference recently that there were at least one, maybe two executive recruiters talking about the, the, the titling, if you will, of various marketing officers, like you just described. And this one person in particular, I thought had a really good interesting way to think about it is in a marketing perspective as well on the CMO role. If you think about the CMO from like 15 years ago and how it was defined and maybe even a little bit longer than 15 years ago at this point. But the rise of digital came about and you saw chief digital officers popping up. And and then there's been a decline of chief pure chief digital officers versus where it started. And CMOs have kind of taken over more and more of that responsibility. He described it as kind of like chief CMOs are going through brand stretch, you know, of the function itself. And so they're creating these offshoots to kind of redefine and stretch the role, if you will. But his belief is that CMOs will never die, that that, that role at the end of the day, it's it's really marketing 
with a big M, despite what you might call it today. And like today, I think we're moving into this space again of blurring lines, like you talked about, where you've got chief growth officers, chief commercial officers. And I think some of that is just merging the sales and marketing function, which I'm not sure is entirely here to stay. But I, I also think it's also a perception of like, no, I marketing should be driving growth. And so we're going to call you a chief growth officer right now. But I think chief marketing officers will be here to stay. To me, the skills that you have are kind of what matters. It's whatever they call it. You know, <laughs> who knows what it will be in, in five years. But, but I, I do agree with you. It's like, for me, the power of your brand is extremely important. And I, and I think from what you do from a marketing perspective with a big M, uh, to your point is critical because that's what has lasting lasting power and, and longevity for your brand. Well, Todd, again, grills and whiskey, we could talk all day long, <laughs> but it's been fantastic to have you on the, the show. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and insight. Appreciate it, Alan. Thanks for having me. Big fan of of your podcast and uh, and what you do and all the different perspectives that you bring to life. And, and thanks for taking the time with me today. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with support from my team and podcast editors, sound engineers, and writers at Share Your Genius. Find them at shareyourgenius.com. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners. You can contact me on marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you will also find complete show notes, links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.